BDB and Josie J on the podcast today. When you listen to us once, you're really gonna want to stay. 47 episodes got a pretty good array, but the focus for this one is putting your gifts on display. The Bible really is the truth. We can use it as a weapon. Hold up, wait a second. Let me ask y'all a question. Do you rock with our mission? It's to bring y'all to heaven. Welcome back to TNT episode 47. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome back to episode 47. Okay. I have to say this, bro. If you look at our rhymes, they they are improving. In all fact, the times. If you look at our rhymes, they're improving all the times. <laughs> but grammatically incorrect, honestly, but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but has this made you consider a career change? Into because honestly, it's the stars are starting to align. Yeah, it's our time to shine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, no, but, but really, it's aside, God's time to shine. That's that's a better way to to close that one up. It is. It's God's time to shine. It's, it's true North talk. You know what it is. The up and coming up uh, podcast, best podcast about faith. So at least that's what we're, we're trying to make it be. Uh, still working on everything, but we appreciate you guys tuning into episode forty-seven. It is true. Uh, the focus of this episode is putting our gifts on display. Now we had a few different areas of inspiration for this episode. Uh, it ties into something that Peter, uh, you heard it in church today, right? It's yeah. Kind of this topic here. Yeah. And, and the, the title that we're going to have, unless our conversation goes kind of maybe a different direction potentially, but the necessity of using our gifts in the body of Christ. And what, one of the things that we talked about at my church today, shout out Scott Beckenhauer, if you're listening to this, um, like Joe said before with his pastor, I might have to share this one with him. Um, one of the things that he talked about was the importance of fellowship because, and, and he got really passionate about this, which I loved, how the isolation that came with the pandemic has caused so many people to fall into depression and to fall into just loneliness and something that has kind of been coined as the loneliness epidemic. And so one of the things that he kind of touched on today and really focused on was the importance of fellowship. And so that's obviously the body of Christ. That's the part of this title, I would say, that that inspired me. But but Joe, talk about the, the necessity of using our gifts and kind of that spiritual leadership or servant leadership. <clears throat> so it's interesting. Peter and I's uh, sermons today in our respective churches, which by the way, we're like quite a ways from each other. He's in Nebraska. I'm in Ohio. So I doubt that our pastors are texting every Sunday morning, making sure right. their sermons align. Yeah. But uh, they were somewhat similar in some ways. And my my sermon today was, uh, shout out Ryan James, one of the goats, one of the elders at my church, um, was on leadership. And not only leadership, but like using your gifts in the church hmm. and asking yourself, like, are you really doing what you should be doing? Are you really putting your gifts to use? And are, are you contributing to to the church and to the body of Christ because a point he rose today and maybe this is something we could talk about a little bit before we go right to the scripture or kind of the subjects is <clears throat> just the hesitancy the hesitancy from young people to get involved in the church and kind of this imposter syndrome where you feel like you know if you're 22 or 23 or even 25 or 26 you don't feel qualified or like from a maturity standpoint comfortable with putting yourself in or, or wanting to put yourself into some leadership positions. You know, there's like a hesitancy there that comes with, um, 
you know, it's it's just like a lack of confidence that comes from a lack of perceived maturity. But the thing is with with Christianity and with with believers in the church is that that maturity does come. I mean, you do grow in Christ. You do become sanctified over time. You should be. But uh, our salvation is granted to us at once. And you should not be hesitant to use your gifts just because you have not been in the church for 15 years. You know, you don't have to do that. And that's something that I realized. And Peter, you can give me your perspective on this if you want. But something I realized when I joined my current church was I was so eager to use my gifts because I had not been in a church setting I was comfortable with for a long time. So when I did find my church, I was like, so refreshing. I just remember thinking like, it's so refreshing to be around people that actually care about their faith and take it serious. And uh, I was just so eager to use my gifts, but that was something I did deal with back then was like, uh, you know, feeling like you need to be integrated more or be there for years before you do that. But I think it's important that we don't view things that way. Yeah, for sure. Some that I some that I thought about while you were while you were talking there was how if we have gifts and we don't use them, it's like having a tool or something that I thought of specifically is like having a knife that maybe you use to to cut meat or bread or something like that. And if you don't use that knife, it's kind of the same thing with muscles and atrophy. If you don't use that for a while, it's going to lose its sharpness, it's going to lose its impact. And it's just not going to be effective. And I think it's it's a similar thing with, with our spiritual gifts in the one sense that if we're not using those, they eventually get weak. And that doesn't mean that we can't go back and sharpen them. It's not like it's a lost cause. But in the moment when we need to, you know, maybe there's somebody in our church who is, is struggling with something, whether it be you know, any variety of, of, of struggles that, that people around us and we ourselves have, whether it's, you know, financial difficulties or stresses of life or a sin that you're dealing with, with whatever the challenge is, if we're not sharp and pointed, we're not going to be able to help others with that. And in the same sense, even, you know, we won't be in the right place with God and we won't be able, you know, we won't be at our best, which is what God wants from us. Not in the sense of us being selfish and wanting the best for our own recognition, but being the best to glorify God. And really one of the best ways to do that is to be in that fellowship. And I agree a hundred percent with what you said, Joe, about, you know, when you're surrounded with other people who drive and motivate you, it just heightens that to such another level for you yourself. If you're, if you're around people who are just kind of flippantly going through life and don't really have a direction, don't know what they're doing, I mean, it's the people that you surround yourself with are who you will become. And, and so and being by the surrounded way, is, is so sorry. important. Yeah. I was just going to add in there about surrounding yourself. <clears throat> Ryan talked about that today in his sermon. And, you know, it's you can't be lackadaisical about that. Like you can't make excuses because as much as we want to believe as human beings that I'm, you know, we've said it in the past with Invictus, I'm the master of my faith, the captain of my soul. You know, we think that we can control everything and how we are, but the reality is we have a level of control, but our surroundings do determine a lot of our future. You know, who we surround ourselves with, the places we go, even the, even the environment you're in can make a big difference. That's why, you know, keeping a clean house or clean room is important because mentally it allows you to focus. It's like in the same way, the people you surround yourself with are so important because, if you are consistently around men who are leaders, true leaders, 
men who don't sacrifice their character, they don't compromise their character. Men who have integrity, men who are uh, just, you know, strong in the word of God every day, consistent. Those men are going to sharpen you. And you you cannot make excuses for uh, somebody coming in your close circle that should not be there. You know what I mean? It is, it is a process. It's something actually... Before the podcast, me and Peter were praying, and something I felt the Spirit put on my heart was praying for, um, <clears throat> even though we don't feel like a shortage of this, it's always good to pray for just more doors to open and just for godly relationships to be in our lives because, you know, it is like a knife, a knife, <clears throat> excuse me, a knife sharpening a knife, not a, not a, a knife. What is that? You're, you're thinking plural, probably knives. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. It's like knives sharpening each other. Yeah. Um, and it's also kind of like having safeguards up, right? Because uh, whether, you know, you know, if you're struggling in an area of sin, uh, you have, like, when you have safeguards in your life, it, it does make it harder for you to continue sinning because you do feel like, like, you will feel like a hypocrite. And that's not a feeling that can last that long without something happening, either you confessing it or you being overridden with guilt or shame or just, you know, and, and a lack of identity because you're not living it out. Something will happen, but that's the the result of having the safeguards up is, you know, if you're surrounding yourself with those people, you internally will begin to change. Your heart will change. And that's what happens when, when Christ enters your heart. But, um, yeah, going into that, we're going to talk about, you know, surrounding yourself with people, but also using your gifts, not, not only in the church, but in life in general, because I think we can suppress our gifts in life, too, outside of the church setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like servant leadership, what does leadership look like? And there's also a, a pretty cool analogy, an image that Ryan used today in church, I think is valuable to share of the gospel from uh, the story of Jesus washing Peter's feet. Um, it's, 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 it's in relation to leadership. It's in relation to the gospel. So that's something I want to go into today. But uh, unless you have anything else you want to add there, Peter, any, any opening more, more, any more opening comments, we can just go ahead and, and go into 1 Corinthians. One thing that I really liked when you said something about, you know, not surrounding yourself with men who sacrifice their character, I want to add on to that as kind of a quick little two-liner. It's it's not a rhyme, but it's a little two-liner that I think flows pretty well. Don't surround yourself with men who sacrifice their character, but surround yourself with men whose character is one of sacrifice. Yes. So that's that's one line that I hope can can stick with people today because – being sacrificial and serving of others rather than of yourself is so important. And obviously that's important for each of us to have as our own traits. But if we surround ourselves with people who are willing to give of themselves for the greater good of, of God's kingdom, then our faith and our fellowship will only go stronger. And another thing, kind of an analogy of, you know, the, the iron sharpens iron sort of thing. Something that I thought of was almost like, like two knights who are training and obviously there's there's sword to sword combat with that sort of thing for for one it keeps the, the those swords sharp like the knives and another thing is if if one of those knights isn't well trained that will uh negatively impact the other knight because if they're not both training at the highest level they're not going to be the best knights and the best fighters that they can be and so if you're mm-hmm. surrounding yourself and have a, a close relationship with somebody who isn't firmly entrenched and well-trained in the word of God, then they're going to, 
even if you can't see it at first, they're going to bring you down because the quality of the connection that you have with God is going to be lacking. And so I think those are, those are two points that I have to kind of add on from what you said. Yeah, absolutely. And the connection will be lacking, but, um, the strength of their mm-hmm. <clears throat> relationship with God will keep you in check. And also it's not about, it's not all about us. You know, mm-hmm. it is in some ways we need to think about how we can structure our lives to benefit ourselves, to, you know, to be leaders in our homes and our marriages and our friendships. But, you know, also we need to pour into others. And part of the reason of being in a church and having these godly friends is to be able to pour and pour into and encourage others that need it too. Because the reality is, um, you know, I was actually talking about this the other day, but like leaders, leaders need to be poured into as well. You know, your pastors and your leaders, they are human beings and, you know, people look to them for encouragement and leadership all the time. But the reality is they need people that pour into them as well. So uh, it's important that we be around people like that, not only for ourselves, but also for them, too. And on, so, on that point too, use it kind of going a little bit further with the knight analogy, you know, knights in medieval culture weren't there. I mean, some of them were there just for their own recognition to receive that knighthood. But really once, once they receive that knighthood, and I would almost say a similar, similar thing is once you are, you know, washed in the blood of Christ and become saved and become a Christian, your purpose then is to serve those around you. A knight would protect, you know, the, the villagers or the people in a kingdom. And he would also serve the King, which I would say in this case is, is God. And so I, th- I think, you, you, you know, Joe, that I love, I love my analogies. And I think that's one that represents what this fellowship and using our gifts kind of look like is one of a knight in, you know, medieval culture being somebody who, sure, you know, they got that knighthood individually and, and earns it and had to work for it, but then uses the gifts and the abilities that are learned in becoming a knight to serve, first of all, the king and then to serve his kingdom by protecting and leading and guiding those, you know, villagers or citizens of the kingdom. Yeah. And I honestly, too, like with that analogy, um, using it, it's sometimes it is hard to use your gifts if you are not surrounded with people that, that are in Christ mm-hmm. because it can be discouraging. And back to your initial point about the lonely, the loneliness epidemic, you know, if you're lonely, you can have all the gifts in the world, but it's going to be hard for you to be encouraged in general because you are lonely. You know, the, the whole reason human beings are, are social creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, we are, we are made to socialize. We're made to be in community. We are made to be with each other. Bible said it's not good for man to be alone. Um, you know, we're, we're not meant to be alone. So community in itself is important for our own mental health and for our own spiritual health and just joy in every day for us to use our gifts. So we can't even use our gifts properly if we're not in community with others. And I think that dispels this common sentiment nowadays about like, oh, I can just watch church online. I don't have to go to church. Uh, I can, you know, lone wolf this approach. I even, I even saw a YouTube video um, pop up in my feed the other day about like, it said like you're, uh, like you're strong, like God wants you to be lonely because it makes you strong. Like, no, God does not want you to be lonely. Right. You know, there's going to be seasons of our lives where you're going to have more alone time, or maybe you need to reflect more upon certain areas of your life, which it's important to have alone time, but God doesn't want you to be lonely because loneliness is more than just having alone time. You know, it is an excessive amount of alone time. I don't, I'm not sure what you'd, how would you define loneliness, Peter? I would say it's, 
and this might take be taking it a little bit dramatically, but I would say almost like an emptiness of human connection, like a void where you just feel so alone that you don't feel maybe you don't even feel God's touch and you you yeah. just feel so lost and it and it feels like then there's nobody there to pull you out of that hole. I would say and again, yeah. that's probably taking it deep, but but that is what stems from kind of what starts as just like, <clears throat> you know, I can spend this time alone and I'll be okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Right. But yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Kind of the, the picture is. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's an unhealthy measure. It's an unhealthy amount that, uh, God does not want you to be alone. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not think that that is the case, but, uh, you know, with that being said, I think it's it's time for us to go ahead and read read the word here, and kind of dive into this. So Peter had pulled up First uh, Corinthians twelve, and do you want to briefly explain the two sections here of this scripture? Yeah. <clears throat> so the first part is called concerning spiritual gifts, and so we'll get a picture here about how there are different gifts, how they're distributed, and how each is basically there for the common good. Uh, and I guess the building of, of God's kingdom and how they're the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we have two different things here. And then yeah, um, the second section then is about um, unity and diversity in the body of Christ and how we each have different roles to play. And we once we know what our role is, we should fulfill that role and not be worried about trying to do what somebody else is designed for. Right. So, you know, using the gifts... Uh, you know, concerning spiritual gifts and then uh, the importance of the body, the different parts of the body, the church body, mm-hmm. which again, we can talk about the different parts, but also the overall message is that, you know, you need to get into a community. You need, you need to get plugged into a church uh, for that encouragement. So uh, I can go ahead and take this first part here. We can talk about gifts unless you want to take that, Peter. All yours. But so first Corinthians 12 reading out of the NIV, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it is what it is. It pulled up. Um, Now about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Uh, Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Uh, there are different kinds of working, but all, in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of just of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So what do you think there about the message about, well, I guess just the, the different uh, gifts there, especially the one about tongues and interpretation of tongues. It's, that's kind of a, 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 I feel like a point that's debated a lot in the church now is what is the proper use of tongues and how does that, you know, what does that look like? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I would say maybe an interpretation of speaking in tongues or, you know, it says speaking in different kinds of tongues and then interpreting 
that could just that could be you know being able to spread the gospel in other languages some people just have a natural knack for being to un, being able to understand different languages very easily that's where bible translation comes in where a group like Wycliffe Bible Translators that uh, my parents worked for and my dad actually works for again now um, that the the mission is to spread the word of God to other languages but maybe another way to interpret it could be just people who see things different ways and being able to, to distinguish what's from God and what's not from God because we all in some sense have slightly different interpretations of, of many things in the word I think there are truths that God designed that our that are you know just truth in that one I guess view um so I, I I guess I would say more so for me what I think of in not so much the fantastical like mystique of like I don't know speaking in tongues that aren't actually a language I would say being able to speak in different kinds of tongues and to interpret to me would be someone who's able to translate easily. And and another point that stood out to me, and maybe we'll see more of this in the next passage, but how all of these are different, but they're all, like it says, from the same spirit, the same Lord, and the same God at work. Hmm. How would you describe the Holy Spirit to somebody who's not a believer? Holy Spirit's kind of tough to describe even to believers, but I would say what the Holy Spirit is, is it's, I don't really like to use this picture because it is kind of what like Hollywood has picked up, but it is kind of like the, you know, the good angel on your shoulder who is like in your conscience and is convicting you when you do something wrong and is also guiding you when you do something right and encouraging you when you do something right. It's, it's not a presence that we can see, but it's a presence that we can feel. And if you are truly saved and strong in your relationship with God and consistently pursuing that, then you'll know what it feels like. But again, to, to a not, to a non-believer, I would just say it's like a guiding presence. It's, it's, it's almost yeah, I, I would just say a guiding presence is probably the best way to describe it, especially for a non-believer. It's always hard to describe, isn't it? That's yeah. why I kind of was curious on your perspective on that because, you know, if somebody reads this or listens to this um, and they're not believers, you know, the Holy Spirit is underlying this whole section here. Hmm. The gifts of the Spirit, which, yep. you know, it's gifts, but what is it of? It's of the Holy Spirit. And we know that um, upon salvation... We receive Christ, but there's also scripture about uh, the baptism of the Spirit, which is different than uh, the moment of salvation, or you could maybe say, you know, some people would say that we are baptized spiritually when we are saved, but the baptism of the Spirit is is distinguished from even that, of the Mm -hmm. act of being saved. So I think that's a topic for a whole other podcast. I feel like I have an idea of a couple people I could have on for that podcast, but um, yeah, it's always interesting <clears throat> to dis- discuss and dive into the different aspects of the Holy Spirit. But I did think it was profound the the fact that you know all these gifts are from this from the Holy Spirit, and also the fact that it says right here, verse eleven, 
All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Mm-hmm. So the spirit has agency on what gives gifts to give, which is interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know. How do you think that he, do you have any idea on what the Holy Spirit would use as, as reason to maybe give certain gifts? I mean, I'm sure it's like personality aspects or, yep. or maybe, you know, past experience or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, well, and, and on the point that you said again, we'll probably we'll save diving into this really for a later episode. But when we accept Jesus into our lives, that's where we're basically, you know, set free from from all of our sins and forgiven for all of our sins. And then when the Spirit comes on us, it's basically like that's when we then go out. Like first, the transformation happens within, and then when the Holy Spirit comes on us, it gives us the ability to go out to others. Um, but yeah, answering your, your question that you that you asked there at the end, I would say yeah, it's we're all created by God, and we're all created with certain just abilities or knacks for things. Um, you know, for for both Joseph and I doing this podcast, I would say that the Lord has blessed us with an ability to evangelize or to just speak in concise thoughts for, for the most part it's not always not always perfect for sure but it's funny because when you when you say concise then, you, then you're not gonna be concise in your next sentence right exactly well, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be maybe since i since i said that but just no pressure having having the ability to speak and a i guess compassion for others i think we both have we both yeah. desire deeply i would say it's our deepest desire is for everyone who listens to this podcast to a come to Christ if they haven't already, or B continue to be transformed in their faith and to grow closer to God. And so I would say b- both of those things are spiritual gifts of again compassion and, or sympathy, whatever whatever word you want to put in there, and then like uh, evangelizing and being able to share share the truth and. You know, God God does make make it easier for both of us, or I mean, really for anybody, just by how the Word lays things out. Like, oftentimes, it's not too much of our own thoughts, Joe, and, and even our own thoughts, I would say, come from God, too. So, um, it, it isn't any credit that we can take. It is these gifts that are given to us from the Holy Spirit that, again, are based, I would say, on traits that God created us for. I would almost describe a human being's role in life and in God's mission as, as a vehicle, you know, we do have a somewhat, we have somewhat agency in decisions, but you know, this even goes back to the whole free will thing because our free, our will is governed really by our, our spiritual standing. You know, if we are saved, our will is driven by the desire. It should be ultimately to serve Christ. Mm -hmm. So, if we are driven by that desire, what we're going to do is we're going to listen to God. We're going to listen to his will. We're going to pray to be in accordance with his will. Um, so really, you know, we are vehicles for the Lord. And if we're not, <clears throat> then we're vehicles for Satan. Because mm-hmm. clearly in First John, we talked about this last week, uh, or the, sorry, two weeks ago. Um, if you're not children of God, you're, you are children of the devil. I mean, it was clearly stated, which is like harsh language. But if you're not of God, you're, you're of Satan. And you're at that point, you're Satan's vehicle. You're the vehicle of Satan and his angels and demons or not, not angels, fallen angels, but you get the point, you know, I think we're vehicles. Um, but an interesting note on this section here, I got my, my study Bible open. It says 
The word gifts is not in the original, but it is implied by the context. The Greek literature means pertaining to the spirit, referring to that which has been has spiritual qualities or characteristics, or is under some form of spiritual control. Spiritual gifts are divine enablements for the for ministry that the Holy Spirit gives in some measure to all believers and that are to can be to be completely under his control and used for the building of the church uh, to Christ's glory. These had to be distinguished from the mystical experiences called ecstasy, supernatural, sensuous communion with a deity, and enthusiasm, divination, dreams, revelations, and visions that were found in the pagan religions of Corinth. So this church that, that Paul is writing to, apparently they were experiencing, you know, a lot of uh, supernatural sensuous communication with deities. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That is wild to me. Like, what are you guys doing? Are you summoning <laughs> Beelzebub and talking to him? That's what it sounds like is a possibility for sure to me. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of tempted. I have a book on my bookshelf back there. It's called A Dictionary of Angels. And it has a list of names of angels and, and fallen angels hmm. that, uh, you know, and their traits. I, and it's also interesting, too, you know, for some people that have doubt about God, <clears throat> a very quick and simple way to dispel doubt about the fact that God exists is to recognize the reality that demons exist and that angels exist. And there are very specific ways to summon demons. It's pretty clear cut, you know, go get you some candles put them in a pentagram, sit in a circle and, and, and do some chants and you're going to see a demon, hmm. you know, you're going to see one. So kind of a side note there, but like, you know, again, reassurance for faith is that evil exists, but it's very interesting too. The church of Corinth was doing this. They were, they were taught, they were had communion with deities and they were experiencing divination, which is, I could be wrong about this, but I think that's like palm reading and, uh, what is it like fortune telling and all that? Yeah, basically divination, uh, something like that. Like, but the gifts are spiritual yeah. in nature. And in my study Bible goes in more depth on this. It says gifts, these categories of giftedness are not, na- they're not natural talents, skills or abilities uh, such as are possessed by believers and unbelievers alike. They are sovereignly and supernaturally bestowed by the Holy spirit on all believers, enabling them to spiritually edify each other effectively and thus honor the Lord. The varieties of gifts fall into two general types, speaking and serving. The speaking or verbal gifts of prophecy, knowledge, wisdom, and teaching and exhortation, and the serving nonverbal gifts, leadership, helping, uh, giving, mercy, faith, and discernment, are all permanent gifts that will operate throughout the church age. Their purpose is to edify the church and glorify God. Um, some believers may be gifted categorically similar to others, but are personally unique as the spirit suits each grace gift to the individual miracles, healing tongues and the interpretation of tongues were temporary sign gifts limited to the apostolic age and have therefore ceased. Interesting. So this is the MacArthur study Bible. So this one is coming from a more reformed perspective, which is Peter. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but uh, the, uh, the view that literal speaking in tongues, you know, in, in a heavenly language is no longer, a current thing that was ended in the apostolic age, which there are vehement disagreements about that even to this day within the church. So I don't want to take a hard position on that one either way, because I have not done my research fully, but it's interesting. So we have speaking and serving gifts. So within yourself, I'm going to ask you this question, maybe for our listeners too, to contemplate. Uh, I feel like a couple of those gifts that I've read 
prophecy, knowledge, wisdom, teaching, and exhortation, and then serving leadership, giving mercy, faith, and discernment. I feel like I have, I have like a mix of a couple of those. Would you agree with that? Like for yourself, would you have a mix of those? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I I do think we have each of us as Christians, especially, and as human beings in general, we have certain traits, but as Christians, we have probably a couple that God has specifically designed us for. But I think if we're in tune with God, we do have an ability to function in some of these other roles as well. But we'll get into in this next passage, talking more about how it is a little bit more isolated on certain gifts. And I, I think for, for myself, some stand out more than others. Um, if you, if you want me to share, I can Joe, but, uh, Sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I would say leadership is is one that you know. And again, I'm not I'm not perfect in any of these, but I think I have a knack. I mean, a God given knack for leadership. I think exhortation is like uplifting and spreading the the good news. Would you say or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say right. I would say exhortation as well. Uh, to address and address our communication em- emphatically, urging something, some someone to do something, encouragement, persuasion. So maybe being persuasive with the gospel, evangelism. Which I mean, I'll, I'll ask you. I I think that both of us definitely have that one as well. I think that's evidenced by this podcast. So I would say those are the two that that God's given me. I I do feel like I have a strong spirit of compassion, which leads in in many ways to to service and serving as well um but what what would you say maybe stand out for for you joe or and i guess another question then would be how how do you think for yourself maybe how did you discover yours and how do you think other people can discover what their gifts are well i want to preface this by saying that anything i say is simply my speculation uh, I, I mean, I have confirmation. Actually, I, I don't want to say speculation. It's it's gifts that I think others have recognized in me. Um, <clears throat> and also, I, I want to say that like none of this is of my own doing. Obviously, this is all God through me. Same but, for me. Uh, of these spiritual gifts, I mean, I would say leadership is something I've been really cultivating the past year, especially you know getting a, into a leadership position at work and. Mm-hmm. You know, other people recognizing that in me and affirming that it's been really nice, and I I'm so humbled by that. You know, um, I, I I honestly I'm so I'm truly humbled when somebody else, you know, recognizes my leadership as good leadership. It's mm. it's something I cherish, but I think it is something that God gave me. It's it's a desire of mine uh, to be a shepherd and to lead. And um, you know, we could talk about that right now about servant leadership. What you know, what's required to be a a, a Christ like leader. <clears throat> But I would say, you know, leadership, I, I probably would say to a certain degree, wisdom. I've been told I'm, I'm wise, you know, by others. And I, again, I say this humbly. I hate, I hate talking about myself right, like that, right. but, um, but you know, there's a couple more, I mean, mercy as well. It's something I see in you a lot is mercy and, uh, just, yeah, empathy, uh, in general, you know, I have a, I have a heart for others, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are just a few. I mean, there's also probably some other ones mixed in there at some point, but those are some that I see in myself. And I would encourage everybody that's trying to find their gifts uh, to really pray about that, you know, and reflect back in your life. 
Because really what it took for me was to find some of those gifts. I remember about a year ago, I think Peter and I were talking about this and I was still trying to nail it down. Like I had some ideas, but it's kind of seeking out, like how do we really identify that? And through a lot of prayer is what it took for me. And also, I mean, others affirming that in you. And, and, and when, when a multitude of people like tell you they, they see something in you, that's confirmation. Like that's, you know, that's, does help with identifying gifts. And again, that goes back to our initial point about fellowship is that if you're in a church, if you're involved, you know, your fellow believers should tell you and identify gifts they see in you and encourage you in those, you know, and, and that's what it took for me was partially, I remember joining my life group that I'm in right now and Ryan that, that preached today, uh, shout out Ryan again, you know, he leads a life group I'm in and he came up to me and, and was like, you know, I can see you, you know, being a leader in our church and I see those capabilities right now. And he had, he had a meeting one time and invited me and pretty early on as far as, you know, people who'd be interested in potentially leading a life group. And it was that, that showed me like, okay, I feel like I had the gift, but I trust Ryan and I trust his discernment and wisdom. And, uh, that helped me identify that gift. So I would say praying, getting involved in church. And also when you identify a gift, don't, again, don't take it like, Oh, I'm so good because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something to say, okay, this is something God's given me. I, I bear that responsibility humbly and gratefully. And it's something that I need to work on and how can I use it for the Lord? Mm-hmm. So those are things we need to look at, but um, I don't want to get too far off track because I do want to talk about hopefully at some point servant leadership if we have the time, but I, I do want to finish out the scripture here. So unless you have anything else to add about gifts and identifying gifts, you can go ahead and take the second section of their first Corinthians 12. Well, I would say, I mean, unless you really do want to get to that scripture, this might be a good time to dive into servant leadership as we're talking about the gifts. But if you want, I can read the next passage. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go into it a little bit. So uh, <clears throat> just when you're talking about leadership, because I think everybody in our lives, everybody wants to be a leader, but um, some people I don't think realize what, you know, what it really takes to be a leader. And that's not against anything against them. I just think it's a it's a misunderstanding or just a lack of understanding because not everybody understands what it's like, you know, or what it should be like to be Christ-like. And Jesus was the the, the leader of all. He's God, right? He's the leader of the world. He's the leader of the universe. And his disciples looked to him for leadership. But the, the really significant striking thing about Jesus was what he did um, even with his disciples. And if you look at John 13, when Jesus washed his disciples' feet, and again, I'm going to credit Ryan with here with this analogy. He did talk about this in church today, so I give him full credit here. But um, let's see. I think John 13, verse 6. He came to Simon Peter, he, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Ryan made the point today, and it's a good point. You know, back then they'd, they'd walk these dirt roads, and it was so dirty and gross, and there was poop on the ground, and grown men's feet. You don't want to touch those things, okay? So washing feet is kind of a a big deal. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, "You you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Now, why was he saying this? Why was Peter saying this? Do you have any idea why he didn't want him to wash his feet? I would say it's because he didn't feel worthy of of Jesus washing his feet. Right. So he didn't feel worthy. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And 
to some that might not that might not be a significant statement he's washing feet he's literally washing a pair of feet why would you have no part with him but are you, did you pick up on that uh parable there just i the, like jesus asking him to to be willing to basically give himself yes but essentially <clears throat> by peter not wanting jesus to wash his feet he felt unworthy for his lord his leader well, his Lord to wash his feet because why would he? He didn't deserve that, you know, uh, to, to have Jesus wash his feet. But Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. So it's, it's kind of like the believer or the unbeliever, excuse me, that does not understand the concept of God's grace. We don't deserve it. But unless he washes us, we have no part with him. You know, it's, it's a picture of salvation. Uh, we don't deserve it, but he still saves us anyways. But, you know, on top of the, the salvation parable, which is beautiful, <laughs> literally beautiful. I, I freaking, sorry, I don't mean to say freaking, but I love that. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that image. It's like, Ryan said that today. I was like, that is striking. I have to say that on the podcast. Hmm. So shout out, Ryan. But um, circling back there to, okay, so about leadership. So what does a true leader do? A leader is a servant leader. A leader washes the feet of his, uh, what do you, whatever you want to say, subordinates or people he oversees. You, you are out there in the ground. You're doing the work. Okay. This is where people get caught up a lot of times, especially at work is they don't want to do, they want to, they get promoted and they sit back and they don't want to do anything and they tell everybody else what to do. But a servant leader is somebody who earns respect of his, uh, subordinates and, by going out and doing the work himself mm-hmm. and saying, guys, I'm one of you. I respect, you know, I respect you. I want to be a, with you. I want to be a, on a team with you. You know, we're doing this together. And when people see you do that, they respect it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're like, oh, okay. This guy, you know, he, he did, power does not go to his head like that. And I think ultimately, because Jesus was the ultimate shepherd, I think everybody who desires to be a leader should seek to be a shepherd and they should seek to be a Christ-like leader which means to be a sacrificial leader. You mentioned sacrifice earlier, Peter. I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that with this, but being a sacrificial leader is essential to be a leader, to understand the concept of leadership. Um, and just really quickly here too, I took these notes today in church. It says to lead like Christ, we must serve like Christ. Um, you know, every one of us leads in some way, you know, we're, we're all a part of, a, of a, a group of people or we work with people. We, even our friendships, you know, our friends look to us, uh, for, you know, they're watching us, right? I'm going to say this today. Our people in our lives are watching us, you know, everybody leads in some way, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on any of that, but you know, leadership in general is something that must be cultivated. It's a gift. And, you have to have the proper understanding of what it is to be a leader. I, I just think a lot of people don't know that because they don't know what it means to be Christ-like in general. Yeah, and, and on, on that point, we'll see it more in the next passage about how some people are designed to fill one role and some some aren't. Leadership is one that not all of us are designed to function in. Um, but for those who are, for those who do feel like God has called you or have seen, if you see traits you know, maybe outside of the body of Christ— and you are a believer, I would encourage you to tr- use those gifts inside the body of Christ or vice versa. If you're using those gifts inside the church already, I would encourage you to take it outside of the church as well. Um, whatever, whatever side of that you're on, or if you're already doing both, that's 
obviously amazing, and I encourage everybody listening to continue to do that. Um, but but to me, a picture, and it's 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 tough. If we were we were on video, I'd see maybe we could pull it up, but audio only. Um, it, it's a pretty simple ex- explanation, but it's this picture basically of where you know you have the subordinates, or I don't want to use the word servants, but but you know those that that sort of picture, like pulling a rope. And you have the leader standing above them, pointing like to pull to pull the rope or to go in that direction, and they're just standing there pointing and they're not doing anything. Whereas a true servant leader is somebody who gets to the front of that rope and pulls, or goes yeah. in that direction. And I think that is it's you know that idea is something that is evident in scripture. The picture that I'm thinking of isn't necessarily one that's from scripture, but it's something I think that was maybe influenced by scriptural servant leadership. Again, like you said, Joe, that was perfectly exemplified by Jesus in a story like washing the disciples' feet, among others, during his ministry. And so, uh, yeah, on the sacrificial point as well, though, it's somebody who's willing to give of their own time, maybe willing to even give of some of their, you know, finances to, to help somebody else in need or just to give of their effort if it's some sort of physical task or even just some of their like emotions I guess and just being like willing to hear out somebody who needs a leader to help them through a, 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 a trial in life and so I mean there's so many different aspects of being sacrificial whether it's physical emotional spiritual even you know financially or whatever that may be being sacrificial is giving of yourself and again the perfect example of that the ultimate example of that one that we can't live up to obviously but that we can strive for is the sacrifice of Jesus first of all most importantly the sacrifice of his life on the cross to give us life and forgiveness of our sins eternal life and obviously even just in his ministry on earth, giving up the position that he had in heaven of being glorified, the son of God at the right hand of God, the father. And he comes down and lives as really almost one of the lowest positions that he could, that you can be on earth, which, you know, was just, as you know, he was born of a, of a carpenter on earth was his father, Joseph. And, um, you know, Jesus in the world's eyes wasn't in any sort of position of power, but as we know, Joe, he was the ultimate picture of power and and continues to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't I don't want to glaze over the fact that I think we just confirmed live on the podcast that Santa Claus was not a servant leader. <laughs> He's he was not out there with, with Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and, and Blitzen. He was in the sled whipping that right. whipping the <laughs> The ropes. Yeah. Was he leading his reindeer? I don't think so. So is that confirmation? He's not a servant leader. That's sacrilegious, 100%. Although to, he does like, give out a lot of gifts, though. So you could say oh. he, he's very giving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so... You know what? I think you got me because I was going to say that. I was like, it's sacrilegious. Is Santa, is he saved? But then you're like, well, he could just be, you know, a giver. He could be, what What was that gift there I just read? Uh, let's see. Giving. Yeah, giving. Yeah. Mercy, 
faith and discernment. Hmm. Maybe also maybe Santa discerned that he wouldn't be a good servant leader because he's so fat. <laughs> he can't lead the sled. Well, he's why like, is can he I in fly? It then? No. <laughs> he's weighing it <laughs> he down. Why is he in it then? He's weighing it down. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna leave Santa some protein cookies this year. That's what I know. It's a good idea. <laughs> leave, leave him some protein cookies and some uh, a protein shake for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you if you take one thing away from this podcast, that's what you take away. Yeah, that Santa uh, Santa is is not a sacrificial leader, but he is a giver. So he has one spiritual gift. Bro, new new podcast title right there. Yeah, there I, we go. I, I don't know. Change the title. Scratch the previous one. <laughs> Santa Claus is not a servant leader. Drew North Talk, episode forty-seven. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I think that's a good good wrap up there on the leadership section. Mm-hmm. And did you want to? It's up to you. We can go through this second section here, First Corinthians. Uh, maybe we should, but yeah. I don't think we'll be able to give it all the time we need to, just to make sure we're good on time. I, yeah, I think it kind of will just hammer home on that we all have our different roles to fill in the church. We're not all designed to fill the same role, and this passage will give a reason for for why, basically, kind of give an analogy for, I think it's, I mean, it's in the Bible for a reason, obviously. I think it might be the best picture of what what the church should look like and how we all have different roles. So this is 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or G- Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each of one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Rhetorical answer for that obviously being no. Now eagerly eagerly desire the greater gifts. Love is indispensable. Hmm. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. Is that verse 31 there? 
that that's the end of verse 31 going it's 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 a new section so i didn't read that but yeah i mean <clears throat> we we could continue going on reading first corinthians 13 about how love is patient kind does not envy does not boast is not proud uh, and how how that is the most important of the spiritual gifts yeah and maybe we should re- i'm going to go ahead and read that too really quickly mm-hmm. cuz it kind of ties into what our yeah our podcast i think 3 episodes ago was which was the 10 commandments yeah. and uh loving god and loving our neighbor, our neighbor. as ourselves yep the greatest command that jesus gave is love and what does love do right here uh 1 Corinthians 13:4 love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not sad. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be st- uh, stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when, complete- when completeness comes, what is in part disappears." Okay, and then the last verse there, verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So, just wow. Yeah. Just wow. It kinda, I mean, it if kinda we apply that love in our itself. lives. Yeah, I would encourage everybody to, to go back and read that. Yeah. That's a verse to have on your heart at all times. Hmm. That, I mean, not verse, that section right there, verses four through eight, really. <laughs> Patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking. That's right there, that definition of love. Love is not self-seeking. That would uh, pretty much disqualify or eliminate, like I would say, a good, pers- a, a good portion of relationships in this life. Worldly relationships is, is that they are self-seeking. It's what do I get from the relationship? A lot of the... I'm not sure if you've heard this, Peter, but I've come across some content in my past and just on YouTube at times from like the, the red pill guys, like the, the manosphere dudes and talking about relationships and everything. And the, the question is always, what do you bring to the table? What are you bringing me? That's what their love is based upon. It's conditional. And this is the advice that a lot of men are giving, are getting nowadays. It's what can your woman give you? What does she provide to you? But love is not self-seeking right here. The word of God completely opposes that. And a lot of guys are, are taking that as good advice now. And, and the same goes for women too. You can't have that. You can't have that perspective. What is my man going to provide me? You know, is he rich? Does he have status? All that goes away with the word of God. Love is not self-seeking. So I just think it's stark. The difference between even the definition of love between the world and what God says. That's why the ways of the world, the human, our flesh are not the ways of God and our hearts must be conformed to him at all times and renewed on renewed at all times. Mm-hmm. Cause as we said earlier in the podcast, bringing it all home and you can give your final thoughts after this. These are my final thoughts. Um, if we're not having those safeguards up around our, in our lives, if we're not in community, if we're not surrounded by others who are believers, strong men, strong men, that's a huge thing. If you're a man, if you're women, strong women of uh, godly women. Okay. If, if you don't have that, that's going to be an issue. But the reason you need to have that is because that's when this love is really able to flourish. Hmm. When you have those safeguards, when you're dwelling in the word, 
um, our hearts are conformed to God when we are in that environment. So final words from me. Uh, it's really just incredible. Yeah. It's, it's what ties everything together in this body of believers is love. You know, all this stuff that talks about how, you know, we have our, our spiritual gifts that we're given and they're all part of, of one spirit and they form one body. And yet all that goes away if there is no love. We can yeah. be, you know, there, there's a, it's part of a song. It's, and it probably is quoting directly from scripture, but it's like, if I say the mountain jump and it jumps, but I don't have love. If I, you know, go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't have love, I am nothing. And so we can have all these spiritual gifts and maybe we even use them, but if we don't use them in, again, not in a way that's self-seeking, if we, but if we use them love. in a sacrificial love, that's what God yeah. intends us to use our spiritual gifts is in sacrificial yeah. love. That's, that's, that's what I would say just to kind of tie all of this together and the importance of how when we do that, we will never be caught up in this loneliness epidemic that, that many, I mean, really almost the entire world struggles with at, at times now in, in different ways. Oh man. Uh, but sacrificial love is, is what it takes to, to cover a multitude of wrongs. I mean, I got a really, really simple piece of advice to those who are struggling with loneliness. And it's what we just said. Love is not self-seeking. If you want friends, if you want to get out of loneliness, don't be self-seeking. Don't go out in the world looking for friends that will give you something. I need friends. You know, I, I need this self-seeking. No, you need to ask yourself, what can I give to others? What can I give to my neighbor? What can I give to my friend at work? What can I do, give to, you know, my church? When you serve and you give, God flir- God just blesses you magnificently. You know, that's, that is the paradox. Is people think they need to look for themselves, but the, the irony is that if you look to give, you're going to get a lot. But you can't do it out of the, you can't do it to get something. But giving in itself, freely giving is how we, is how we flourish as Christians, as people, um, as spirits, love is, is the greatest, the greatest command out of the words of Christ. So yeah, with that being said, I think we're all wrapped up here. Uh, would you like to go ahead and say something else or do you want to go? Yeah, uh, just, just to wrap it up and then maybe I'll, I'll go dive straight into prayer after that, unless you have something to add is, yeah. Um, that that picture of the night that I said earlier in this episode, a, a night in medieval times would would have this this love for for a king, or or potentially for for a queen if there wasn't a king, and it was this almost this like brotherhood, oftentimes, where, you know maybe they they grew up together and one one man would go down the route of be, becoming the king and the other would be would be this knight and and his purpose the reason that he was given the knighthood by the king would be to build the king's kingdom and i think in a similar way obviously in a purer way that's what god created us for and in that knighthood we are designed to first of all love and serve god 
And again, it starts with love. And then when we love and serve God, that will then motivate us to go out and love and serve others and to build up his kingdom and to protect those that he designs us to protect and to build up those who he designed us to build up and to surround ourselves, like like I said earlier, with those who sharpen our own skills. If we... And and it's in the similar vein of what we were saying with sacrificial love. It's not so that we can become these glorified knights who receive all these honors, but it's so that we can we can basically give what gifts we have, so that other you know either knights or other people in the kingdom can then receive. It's not so that yeah. we can receive the honor and the glory, but so that ultimately others can see the glory of God around us. Amen. Amen. I just feel, oh man, I just feel the Holy spirit right now. It's just Amen. incredible. This, this is like, this is the crux of Christianity. This is the backbone. Hmm. And you know, I feel like whenever, <clears throat> whenever you face an unbeliever, as a lot of unbelievers have this attitude that they think Christianity is judgmental. They think it's, we talk about this all the time. That's the common sentiment of unbelievers and atheists especially is that, oh, it's so judgmental. You hate gays and you hate, you know, LGBT and you, uh, you think you're better than everybody. And the Bible thinks slavery is okay and that, you know, whatever. It's like, no, the, the, the backbone behind our faith is that greatest command to love God and to love our brother and to love our neighbor as ourself. That's it right there. That, that one sentence dispels a lot of the criticism of our faith, but it also provides us with a roadmap daily, right? Love. Do we really love others? I mean, or, or are we always looking self-seeking? Are we self-seeking for ourselves? Are we, you know, on our edge looking, you know, getting our feelings hurt or uh, whatever? Like if we, <laughs> that's the importance of having God's word hmm. in our minds and hearts and memorized, you know, and, written on our hearts is that we have to test ourselves daily. And I want to encourage everybody too right now that hears that. And, and, you know, if you have the thought where it's like, well, I'm only a human being. I can only do so much. I can only aspire to so much in my walk with Christ. You know, I'm imperfect. I'm fallen. Well, the thing is this, we can become sanctified. There's a process. We can grow. We can be really strong men of God. We can, you know, anybody listening right now, you can improve. Absolutely. There's a, you know, there is room to, to grow as a Christian and to grow in your relationship with God and to cut out sin and to cut out, you know, whatever you may be struggling with, you know, certain thoughts or certain emotions or whatever. You can cut the, you really can cut those out of your life for a, a large, you know, to a large extent. Like it's possible. I don't want, I think a lot of, a lot of times when people think about this, they think like, you know, to throw the baby out with the bathwater because it's like, no matter what I do, I'm always going to be sinful. I'm always going to be fallen. Well, no, like there is room for growth here. And I think if we have this on our hearts at all times, we will grow as Christians. And I just think it's a, a just a great underlying message for this episode. And it's pretty incredible how that happened. Mm-hmm. We, we really weren't even planning on going there really, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, God just took this episode where he wanted it. And, and all I got to say is praise God. That's Amen. all I got to say. Amen. So you want to go ahead and pray? Yes, sir. God, I thank you so much for just being at work in this episode. 
of True North Talk. I pray that you would imprint this message on both Joseph and my, my own spirits and for everybody listening, that we would all exemplify the spirit of sacrificial love above all for to uplift you and for others and that with that first we would then just use our spiritual gifts and lord for those who don't know what their spiritual gifts are yet lord i i pray that you would please open their eyes to that that they would see what their gifts are and then again use those in sacrificial love for others and to build your kingdom and Lord, thank you that you you designed each of us, every single member of the body of Christ, for a, a different and an individual purpose. And even for, for those of us who share similar gifts, you still have different roles for us to fulfill. And obviously for those who have different gifts, Lord, you have designed all of us, some of us to be an eye, some to be an ear, some to be a hand, some to be a foot, some to be... A, a nose, Lord, whatever whatever the case may be, Lord, you've designed all of us to fulfill a part of the body of Christ. And if one of us, as it says here, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And that you have put the whole body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Lord, you have given us a purpose, and Lord, if, if one of us fails to fulfill that, it means the whole body feels the effects of that. And so I just pray that, again, you would stamp on everyone's mind and heart and soul this desire to spread sacrificial love to those around us. Lord, I just want to echo everything Peter prayed. Um, I want to thank you for being present here in this episode, God, and, and just leading our discussion. And we always find it somewhat uh, amusing, but also, you know, captivating, Lord, that, you know, we have a plan for the podcast, but you always take it where you want it to go. And we just praise you for doing that. Um, I pray that everybody listening to this episode would really do that work and pray and meditate and look for their spiritual gifts, God. I pray you'd open their eyes. Uh, I pray that everybody listening, Lord, would be encouraged to join a church, God, to seek that fellowship and community, to serve their community, God, to serve. We are, we are created to serve, Lord. That is our purpose. I pray everybody would recognize that, Lord. It's not nothing in our lives that we should do should be self-seeking. Uh, I pray we'd all know that at, at every moment, that nothing we do should be self-seeking, Lord. Love is not self-seeking. I pray we'd all serve. Serve one another, Lord. Serve our families. Serve our friends, our, our co-workers, um, our significant others, whoever in our lives, um, in our church. I pray we'd serve one another so that you would uh, reveal to us our gifts in that serving. And I pray for anybody, Lord, dealing with loneliness right now. I pray that you would open doors for them to, to get involved in the church, to, to make those godly friendships they, they've always desired. Um, I pray for anybody listening, God, that has any doubt about you. I pray you'd reveal yourself to them. And God, I, I lastly pray that we'd all have that definition of, of godly love on our hearts. 
First uh, Corinthians 13, Lord, I pray that that would just be written on our hearts and we'd all meditate on that and live our lives in accordance with that scripture every single day. And we see everything through that lens, Lord. It's, it's so needed, it's so important. And I just thank you, Lord, for, I thank you that we are able to grow spiritually, Lord. Mm-hmm. I thank you that we are able to, to become sanctified, to walk and become more like you. I pray that we would all become more like you, that we'd see that difference in our lives, that we would put to death those sins, God. Just put them to death. I speak against any sin, Lord, anybody's dealing with. Just rebuke that in Jesus' name. I, I pray we'd put those sins to death, put those thoughts to death, Lord, take them captive. Um, and just anything that needs to go, God, I pray it would go, and we, we would grow as Christians. we grow as believers. I, I pray you encourage everybody listening to this episode. I pray you'd encourage us in our walk and in our mission here at True North. I pray you'd build this podcast, grow it, Lord, and I, I ask that uh, you would just give me and Peter both individually, daily, God, the strength uh, that we need, and together in this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, if you made it this far... You're pretty lucky because that was some good stuff. <laughs> I say that humbly. Right. But, uh, you know, thank you for listening. If you didn't make it this far, we do appreciate it. We are going to do some things in the near future. We're always looking to improve the podcast. So if you're a listener and you have any thoughts, give us your feedback. Shoot us a text. You probably have our phone number. You probably know us some, some way or another. If not, you can reach out on social media. Uh, Peter's more active on socials than I am, generally speaking. I think he's on Instagram. Uh, Peter, what's your, what's your at on Instagram? at Peter Burnett. That's same same everywhere for me. Yeah, he's thinking about changing his at to PDB. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if he's there yet. Are you there yet? Probably Still not thinking yet. About but it. but maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll create a, a spam page or something that that'll be called that. So when you change when you change your career to being a rapper, that's when you do the alias yeah, change, right? Yeah, on Instagram. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. All right. Yeah. So when he yeah, so for now it's still Peter Burnett. But reach out to us. Give us any feedback you got. Um, yeah. And we're always looking for ways to improve. So we appreciate you listening. If you didn't make it this far, make sure you like and rate the podcast. Give it a follow. Give it a subscribe. And we will see you next week on episode 48. Peace. Have a good night.